The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. John E. Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money, managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you create better financial habits, envision your long-term goals, and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of John E. Sistina and Company are on deck to show you the way. Thank you for joining the Managing to Be Wealthy podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Bennett, and today we are joined by certified financial planner, Tony Payne, and our founder, John E. Sestina. Hi, John. How are you? Hello. It's good to be back. It's great to see you. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing very well. I'm sitting here ready at the ready, seeing where we'll go today. Well, we've got a pretty good conversation on deck, intricate, certainly, but I've got the right people to ask the right questions. So we're going to do a deep dive on the merits of 529 plans. And we love to say it depends a lot in our business, but when it comes to the best way to save for your kid's future, um, it really is hard to beat a 529 plan. So we're going to get into that why in a minute. But first, I'd like to explain to people what exactly is a 529 plan. All right, I'll I'll take that one then. The 529 is a type of account, kind of like a bank account, but it has a special treatment for tax purposes. So you can put money in there, you could invest it, you could leave it in cash. There's multiple options, but the idea is you put the money in there and it can grow tax deferred and any money that comes out that's grown, you can use that for college without any penalties, any taxes. It's a neat little way to try to save for college for those who can. And uh, do you have to be, John, do you have to be retired or, or um, sorry, do you have to be, do you have to uh, start the 529? Uh, the withdrawal. When you're not ready for retirement. I mean, if you're, if you've got other priorities, other buckets. Um, Absolutely. No, the 529 sets on, on its own and it can go on forever. In fact, if you're clever, you can use it for other purposes as you grow older. Why is it better to save for retirement than it is to save for your kids' college? How are we talking about 529 plans? How are we going to retirement? Well, we're talking about kids' college. So I kind of want to juke a little bit and talk about the retirement aspect of it. Well, retirement, most people don't accept this fact, but uh, we're all going to retire someday. Mm -hmm. And whether you're prepared or not, you're still going to retire. And most people are ignoring that fact and don't start saving as they should, which is in the very, very beginning. You know, we've taught forever that what you should do is save at least 10% of everything you earn, the gross that you earn, and put it away for the immediate retirement date. So it's very, very important you do that. And there are several ways you can do retirement. You can use many, many tools that we talk about, of course, 401k plans, IRA plans, even a something old called a Keogh plan. Oh, yeah. You know about that. And then the pension plans and then the profit sharing plans. And what else, Tony? Oh, there's four. I go through the whole letter soup, 403B, TSP, H01. No, I'm kidding. But you, you've got all these different letters and numbers, like you said, John. Yep. And the key is we've got to be on track for our retirement first before we worry about that other letter soup of 529 or numbers. That's right. 
So and that actually kind of takes me back to my next question. What's the difference between a brokerage account and 529? Well, a brokerage account is uh, not the 529. It's the same as a bank is not the 529. That's uh, the brokerage account or the bank account or whatever you use is simply the investment vehicle. But the 529 is a vehicle that you have to put in place so that when you invest in a selected brokerage account, it gets the treatment we were talking about earlier. Do you want to add to that? Yeah, no, I mean, really, that's the technical part of it. I know we like to paint a picture and tell stories. So really, the difference, too, is these are things that are normally state-sponsored. You might see in Ohio, it's college advantage. You might see big names attributed to your state there. So that's another thing to look out for when you're looking for 529 versus maybe a normal brokerage account. Right. And sometimes do a little homework on this because some some accounts charge you fees that you don't want to pay. And there are other little gotchas that you want to be aware of. So pay attention. So are we going to talk about the differences between the state-sponsored 529s and, and the considerations for choosing a plan that suits an individual or family's needs? Yeah, let's go there. Uh, let's I, talk about that. So the background, too, and we started to hit on this, John, with the fees is there are state-sponsored plans that are normally pretty low cost. They may have one of those big brokerage firms behind them or with them, but the fees are pretty low. And then some states also offer the option for advisors to sell a 529 plan. And that's where we see a lot of the fees or higher fees and commissions there. So just be very mindful. We think normally it's best to go with the state plan unless you're aware of those fees and you're willing to go forward. Right. Good point. John, what's the age-based approach? What does that mean? The age-based approach is uh, you, you assume you're going to need the money at a certain date. And so some people, when they invest their money in the 529s, for example, pick these uh, staged accounts where it says it will mature in X years. And so you may say, my child is 10 years old, so I'll need the money in 20 years, so I'm going to buy a 30-year maturing account. So it's kind of like that. You pick a date of maturity when the money is accessible. So it makes it sound like you can open a 529 at any point when your kid is growing up. Is there a good or a bad time to do that? There's no, the best time is in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So if you have a baby right now, or if you're expecting a baby right now, now's the time to do it. So you can open it before the baby's even born. Oh, yes. Can a grandparent open it a 529 for a potential grandbaby? Oh, yes. In fact, the grandparent can open one in his or her own name and name some the baby or someone else's beneficiary. I don't know why I thought you had to have the Social Security to do that. That's pretty cool that you can do that. So you can gift your your family with that account right. instead of buying stuffed animals, right? <laughs> These are good ideas, though. We're coming up on holiday time. All that Christmas is coming. And the idea of making a gift into the 529, I mean, that compound interest in growth. And uh, we know we're on the audio here, so it's hard to give a math example but basically what John's describing is there's a cost to delay too. You know, if you don't put money in in those first couple of years, that means you're going to have to put more in later on. Those are the most expensive years. I once did, did an illustration. If you waited, uh, I don't know, it was 20 years and you didn't put in, say, $10,000 a year right from the beginning, that it cost you one third of the portfolio when it finally matured. So that first dollar is so enormous and people really don't pay attention. It goes back to that fundamental idea of compound interest. 
is one of the greatest inventions known to man. Well, it confused Einstein. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it confuses me still, if I'm honest, but that's why I have my calculator. I can remember, I was telling Tony this story the other day when I had my first child, when I had Donnie. Um, there was no internet at that point, and the only resources you had were to go to the library. And I, I, I had a flyer come to me in the mail talking about a 529 account. And at that point, we were just trying to have children. And um, I remember reading it and thinking, boy, this is this would be smart to do this. And I I read it and I did not trust my gut. And so when it came time to open it, I decided I didn't trust it and I didn't know who to ask the questions to or where to go specifically. I think I had trust issues overall. I don't know that there would have been a great answer, but, <laughs> you know, the, the the point is seek the help of a professional. This is what we do. Every day we talk to people about this and it's it's really uh, helpful for um, for you to really get the details. It's so it's a it's a behemoth of a of a an understanding that's required and you don't have to be afraid. There are people that you can reach out to to ask. Exactly. So um, and the tip, like, you know, like you were saying, you can open an account before before your dependents are even on the plan. So it gives you more time to grow the money. So let's talk about some other advantages of saving in this type of account, Tony. Do you have any others besides the obvious college education? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, now, rightfully so, maybe more and more people are curious about the alternatives to a four-year liberal arts degree or something like that. And these 529 plans, if used creatively, you can use them for trade schools. Ohio, for instance, has a really big network where you could do welding, coding, almost anything in between. And while that person's in that apprenticeship program, you could even pay for things like room and board. That right. might be an apartment. You could pay mm -hmm. for things like groceries, you know, basically the meal plan, what you might have had at school. So if you want to be creative or go to the police academy, that kind of stuff, there's all kinds of other uses for this money. Does the food include... Chocolate-covered peanuts. <laughs> Actually, John, it could. I know that's one of your favorites. There's, so that's we probably can send you back to of the food are chocolate-covered <laughs> peanuts and right? Oreos, as far right. as I, as far as I'm told, anyway. And I know I jumped ahead a little there, Tracy. But what else? No, let's. I mean, we talked about you know trade school, you know apartments, buying lunches. Uh, I I thought the five twenty nine was simply for education. Right. So you know when you when you kind of look at the broader picture, there's different kinds of education. It's not just college. So that's a really good point. Really helpful for people to understand. Um, what's the plan withdrawal penalty? Let's talk about the five twenty nine plan withdrawal penalty. Oh, that would be sad. If you don't use it for your education needs, there is a penalty, and that is 10% of the uh, earnings. Yep, the earnings and growth. Uh, so that's that would be the penalty. So it, if you do the math, it may be well that you put the money in, and even if you take it out, not use it for education, pay the penalty, you may still have more money than you would have had if you had done it outside of the plan. That's not a bad deal. That compound interest thing's amazing, It's amazing, John. yes. Because, and rightfully so, me, I don't know rightfully, but a lot of accountants, as you've taught us, John, if everything you look at is a nail, or I'm sorry, every, if you're a hammer, everything you look at is a nail. Right. I hope I said that right that time. Yes. Then, Wait a minute, say that again? If, okay. <laughs> uh, testing me on it. Yeah. I need to visualize what if you If you're a hammer, about. everything you look at looks like a nail. Yep. And yeah. the idea is if you're an accountant, everything you look at is related to taxes. And a lot of families have been presented by their accountant, hey, if you over-contribute or you put too much in, there's a penalty. And so many people have become hyper-fixated on this penalty that what John said is true. 
even with the penalty, because it's on the earnings. If you put a dollar in, you can always get that dollar back. I think that's really important to start with that the penalty is on the earnings. Right. And so then you're not losing all of your money. You're just you're just paying a difference of what you earned outside of that amount. Right. Plus you have the flexibility, you know, if you have more than one one child or grandchild, you can change the beneficiary of that account. So when one has gone through and maybe quit in the middle and there's a pile left, you can send it to someone else. And in the end, you can even give it to yourself. So in that case, would the 529 be in your name or the child's name? Well, it's always in your name. You're the owner. Okay. The child is the beneficiary. Okay. Gotcha. That's interesting. So if so you can switch it, switch it halfway through if somebody decides they don't want to use it. Right. Definitely. Wow. And as the owner, you could even move money from one plan to another. So yes. if there is another grandbaby or you want to plan for mm-hmm. generational wealth, because that's the other key to this. If you're on track for retirement, and that's the starting point, if you're not saving enough on your own, don't worry about saving for college yet. But if you're on track, again, even if the child joins the military or they don't go to school or they're an entrepreneur, this is a neat bucket where anywhere else you're going to be taxed on capital gains, your dividends, your interest. This is a way to get around that for a while. And then eventually when you make decisions, either you use the money for the family's education or it comes out and you pay that income tax on the growth, that penalty on the growth. But I've never seen someone be mad about getting a bonus at work. <laughs> That's right. They pay tax on that. They do. They oh, do. They are. <laughs> yep. Is there a deadline to use the money? There's actually not. not. So it just keeps growing. Yes. So you're, let's say you're, you never use it. What's, what's a terrific strategy? When you when if you don't need it, you end up not using it at all. For well, it. it'd be part of your estate, Tony, I suppose. And then there would be uh, if you're forced to do a distribution at that time by the IRS, there would be income tax penalties and the rest of the money would go to whom you named as beneficiary. That's correct. You can also, depending upon the state, list another beneficial owner. So if something does happen to you, it stays in the 529. I mean, this is a great tool for generational wealth. Yes. I kind of think of it like a family trust bucket, but for education, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're able to put it in there, you get all the tax benefits. From my experience, if you're able to save for college and you're on track for retirement, you're probably not going to be getting any financial aid. Right. So this is the other way that you put in the money and when it grows, you can almost think of it like creating your own financial aid. So that's again just perspective. But for those who may be in that middle ground or middle class where you make enough to disqualify yourself from aid, but those tuition bills are still gigantic. It's that market growth over 15 or 20 years that helps offset some of that cost. And if you can, maybe for fun, get yourself one of these financial calculators or go on Google or something and calculate 20 years out right? <laughs> and see how much the growth is. If you presume a modest growth, say 8%. And in that 20th year, how much in dollars that growth is for that one year, it'll blow your mind. And then the equivalent of if you had to earn a taxable income to oh, get right. that money. I mean, that's where the real compounding too is. Yep. So we've talked about some of the, the other, um, situations where you might use a 529 but tony what if what if my child has developmental disabilities what are the opportunities there for this plan yeah well knowing that that affects a lot of families too the path of education or what does that mean or advancement there is a new plan called a 529 able account 
And that's a little different, but right. basically it's designed to help with protecting Social Security benefits, any state benefits that you might receive. So it's a way to set up a bucket for the advancement of the child where it may not be a traditional four-year college program that you're looking at, but you still want to be able to invest and help and do right. good things for the child. So the limits there are different. You do have up to $100,000 that can go in that account, but you could move money from a 529 into the 529 ABLE without any penalties, nothing like that. So it's a neat little bucket to try to protect those where they may not have the wealth for a special needs trust or they may not have all the advisors yet, but it's that bucket to start saving for later. I don't think we talked about this and um, it may you may roll your eyes at it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is, is there, is, is a 529 just for like a minor child? I mean, what's the age? Oh, no, you could be an adult. I could set one up for you. Really? Yes. And of course, you're, you can only use it for your education, mm -hmm. but uh, that's okay. Wow. All right. I've got a crooked idea here. We start one for John, we send him back to school, and we unleash him on some professors. <laughs> Can we do I that? I tried that. Our, all right, all right, for, fine, fine. I taught at Ohio State for a while there. You did. You yes, sure did. did. You've seen the whole spectrum of teaching. Here. Oh, boy. Oh. Here's here's another softball. Can you can you convert another kind of retirement account into a 529? Mm, I don't think so, Tony. Can you? Do you mm. know for sure? I don't. And what I do know is tech, typically – you're going to be stuck because of the use of the money. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't be able to take from an IRA and right. go to a 529, but there are special rules on different plans to take money out for education. Mm -hmm. But that kind of goes back to our point of, even if I can do it, maybe that doesn't mean I should do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So the idea of you can pay for some things out of an IRA, you could borrow from a 401k, but we think if you're in that situation that, you didn't have the money to save for college anyway, you probably need that money for your own retirement. So don't raid the IRA for college. Don't borrow from the five twenty or the 401k. Hopefully we're able to keep these things separate. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's another subtle advantage today. Young people may be, oh, not uh, decisive in what they're doing with their futures. And so they may a not go to college or b go to college and quit after a couple of years. Well, if you just set aside money for their college or plan to pay for it out of your pocket, then you're stuck because you have to pay it then. But if they pull one of those things on you, all of a sudden you cut it off. So you're in control of the funds. And as I said, you can take it to yourself or give it to another beneficiary. Oh, that's fantastic. So the bottom line is while you're trying to figure it all out, it's good to get those extra years in and start saving clearly. Um, <laughs> this is only a small part of what we do every day to help people reach their goals. So when you're uncertain about the intricacies of this or other topics, we're here to help you. Give us a call. We will offer you a complimentary consultation and sit down with you and, and go through your financial household and your baseline to see if there are areas you can do things better. Um, give us a call. We're happy to help. And thank you for joining us today. We are managing to be wealthy. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Managing to Be Wealthy podcast. We help you make the most of your money without any hidden fees or commissions. Remember, the best investment you can make is in yourself and your financial future. Keep listening for more expert advice and tips. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. To schedule a one-hour complimentary consultation to discuss your financial concerns, visit our website, managingtobewealthy.com.